and welcome everybody to the Beacon of Light podcast this evening. And what is so exciting about this evening is that it is the 125th episode of the Beacon of Light podcast. So yay! I'm excited. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and to share with this excitement tonight, I have two amazing spiritual leaders of their own right and in their own heart and in their own family. Here I have Nanette O'Neill and I have Yvette Lee. And before we start talking to them, we are going to jump in to all of this. I'm April Tribe-Juke. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I believe we are all made with light and light is hope. This podcast brings authors who write stories of hope to all of you. Your journey to be inspired and amplified by these stories starts now. And we're back. <laughs> Welcome everybody. And we hope that you drop down, drop down below where it is that you were from. And before we get into too many things, I, again, I just want to thank everybody for so much support over these past two and a half years of 125 broadcasts, um, which started off as a thought in 2018, <clears throat> came to pass in, two, in 2020 at a time where there was just this need to show light and we had prayed about when it should even start and how things should go. And that was the day, it was July the 1st, 2020. And from there, we have just hit it hard and strong. And so it's been really, really exciting. So I wanna welcome everyone here again this evening to the Beacon of Light podcast, where we share light and hope to the world. Well, the light and hope that we're gonna to share tonight has been staged with a topic that I call, Why I Stay. And so with me tonight, I have Miss Nonette O'Neill and Miss Yvette Lee. And these two lovely sisters, we are all members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we wanted to share with you our testimonies and just the simple way that we, how we follow Christ, why we do what it is that we do, why we stay with our covenants. And we just wanted to share and express some hope and light and maybe some ideas that might be new, might feel familiar. And we pray that the spirit will be with here as we chat about this this evening. So we're really excited to see everybody. Hello, Gregory. Thank you so much for popping in here. Woohoo! So happy. Look at that, Georgia. Georgia's in the hi, house. Greg. All right. <laughs> hi, hi, hi. Wonderful. So let's just share a little bit how this whole conversation started in the first place. And it's going to be kind of tough. It's going to be hot. It's a hot topic. So <laughs> Nanette and Yvette and myself, I'm kind of, I don't know, like the rest of you, we were looking on social media and a lot of people post amazing things on social media. Some are positive, some are negative, and some I feel can scare me to death in a way that's maybe different from what you're thinking. And I saw kind of a, I'll say a rash this summer of people who have been members of the church uh, for a long time, possibly their whole life. Um, what feels like suddenly, because a post just happens, explain their way that they're finished, they're done, or they, they have a new idea or, or something. Now, I say this with, with gentleness and with love because it was surprising because if i look at my life i think i'm 
I'm good. I'm staying right here. There's kind of an analogy that we use about the, the good ship Zion. And it's this idea that the gospel can help you through troubled waters. And why would you want to jump off into the chaos of the world? So this kind of conversation happened and, and we were just kind of sharing and we thought, maybe we just need to share why we stay. So Yvette, I'm going to open it up to you first. Um, what are some things that you feel about why you stay with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, you know, first of all, thank you for inviting me to be on here. And as your friend and a friend to Nanette as well, you know, these are conversations that we have been having for some time. And I know that we're not alone in that, that there are others that are feeling the same way, um, but also that are seeing uh, what's going on in the world today. And also seeing since the pandemic, this, this um, just a lot of people leaving the church, but there's a lot of reasons for that. And I've been able to talk to different friends and that are members that have left. I've been able to talk to them, um, been able to talk to um, friends from other states that I've lived in that left and why they left. Um, but also just seeing how the world is changing before our eyes. You know, it's not just members within the LDS faith, but just in religion in general, our society is changing. Um, and people are identifying as what they call themselves as nons. Um, so they're either, you know, agnostic, atheists, or just don't believe in the organized church. And so they have this belief of spirituality or some higher being, but they're not necessarily identifying with uh, the Christian faith. And so that's kind of what society is seeing. And um, when I was seeing these groups popping up, you know, podcasts like this, um, but they, they were going and talking about the church and why they left the church. But I got this negative sense, that negative feeling from it. Um, and while everybody has a right to their own journey, their own spiritual journey, I just, the takeaway for me was very negative. And so I wanted to do something um, that was different. Uh, I wanted to talk to others like you, you know, uh, what are you thinking about this? And maybe we could talk in a positive light um, about why we stay in the gospel instead of leaving or having a faith crisis. You know, what do we do about it? You know, if we have doubts or if we have questions. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you, Nanette, and you, April. Um, and so I thank thee for this opportunity because um, I think Nanette said it well one time when she said, when I see others falling away or when I see others doubting or when I see others that are being challenged in their life and fall away from the church, it actually strengthens my own personal testimony. And that's so true about that has been done um, within historians in the church. They did, there was a Jan Janet uh, Reese. She did a study on why Latter-day Saints had left the church and her, her survey um, uh, disclosed that they felt judged or they felt um, offended by something. Um, but those that stayed, believe it or not, were actually strengthened. And I feel that is the case for myself. And I think that's the same for you, Nanette, um, that you feel strengthened in your own testimony. 
Um, I've been a member all my life. Um, and but I've had these peaks and valleys, you know, where um, I was in a relationship. Just to give you an example, I was in a relationship with a non-member and we were going to be married. And part of the issue was our different faiths. And so those peaks and valleys for me came. Should I stay? Should I go? You know, and it was a hard decision. And I really believe that God intervened um, in my life. And he knew that he wanted me to stay in this gospel. And I'm so glad and thankful today that I had, that I made that decision to stay, um, because it has strengthened my testimony. Um, I also made a commitment to my heavenly father that I would stay in the church, that I would, that I believe in, in his word. I believe in what I've been taught. I believe in the scriptures that I read that are his word. Um, I've felt my own personal and received my own personal revelation that this is the true church of, of God. And so his word has testified to me personally of its truth. And so that commitment and conviction has also helped me to stay in the gospel. That's just a, that's just some examples of why I stay. Um, but I want to give it to, you know, the floor to Nanette to add to it or you, April, and then we can come back and talk a little bit about, you know, some of my other reasons why I stay. All right, Nanette, share away. Okay. Well, I know, I think April, you're also a, um, a lifelong member, correct? Yep. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm the convert in the group. Okay. And I'm, I'm an adult convert and First of all, I just I just want to say I, I really do understand and sympathize and empathize with a lot of people that I know who have left the church. Um, most of the time it's because of um, just uh, cultural conflict, doctrinal conflict or, or policy issues. Sometimes it's being offended and really, really being hurt. And I totally understand that because I've had to deal with all of those things as well. All right. So it's not that I, I don't, it's, it's very, very difficult for me to, to try to put this into words because while I do understand, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to think that I'm judging them for, for their decision, but I do want you to know that you're not alone. You're not alone. We've been there and I've had my ups and downs. But um, ultimately, I'm I am here, and I've had. I think COVID was was it. COVID was a big thing that made us all just come into ourselves and say, "What is it that I? Who am I? And what am I going to do? What am, what do I believe?" Um, and I'm just grateful that I was able to come out of it and saying, "Yeah, I I am going to be stronger." But as a convert, okay, I have a very different. I, I have a different perspective. I didn't grow up with Latter-day Saint doctrine, but I did grow up in a Christian home. And I, I developed a, a, an extreme love for Jesus Christ from the very beginning. Um, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that he is our savior and that he was my best friend. But I had a lot of questions in when I was growing up. I had Sunday school questions that drove the Sunday school teachers crazy because they couldn't answer my questions well enough. Um, I could go on and on about them, but I'll just, I'll just focus on one that really upset me. 
I was upset about a my my best friend in second grade was Jewish. And I said, what's going to happen to her when she dies? And I got answers from my church that were saying things like, well, they went from we don't know to there's no way she's going to go to heaven. And I just felt that that was not right. And that was the first time when I started, I believe, where I started to get personal revelation directly from God, not from a Sunday school teacher, not from a priest, not from anybody, but directly from God saying, yes, sir, you're, you are right about this. You know, God speaking to me, there is something else out there. Just put it aside and just go on, you know, just keep developing. Keep de And that's what I did. I developed my relationship with Jesus Christ. I culturally started to um, separate myself from the, the, the organized religion I was involved with because it didn't speak truth to me anymore because it couldn't answer some of these really important questions. Like, why would God condemn an entire race of people or an entire uh, other religion of, of, of people just because they didn't hear about Jesus Christ. Okay. I can understand. Well, I, I don't want to get, but if they didn't even hear about it, because it's, I thought about my Jewish friend and then I started thinking about people in the jungles of South America. And, you know, as a child, you, I, I worried about people like this. And um, so I put it aside. Um, and I, 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 I will admit, I, I fell away from organized religion until I met uh, the missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, oh, actually, no, back up. Before that, um, I, I, I met a friend in high school who introduced me to what was called the Reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he told me a little bit about Christ visiting the American continent. And I just had that impression that that was true. Just this it just this feeling that that sunk inside of me says yes that's true um but i went to his church and i still didn't I, it didn't feel right it just felt like oh, i don't know so i put that aside um and then 10 years later was when i met the missionaries i just married my husband we were we were on a business trip out in japan okay and i felt like i had this time to actually listen and to discover what exactly is it that you guys are, are, are teaching and I, I, I listened and everything made sense to me. But the most important thing to me was the, the fact that our church has the temple, the temple of God. It's part of the restored gospel. And one of the things that, it, that they pointed to was a scripture in the Bible that is almost, I would say, forgotten in the rest of the uh, Christian religions. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 29, I believe that talks about um, a being, um, why do we baptize for the dead? If the dead don't rise at all, why do we baptize for them? So there was a practice back in Christ's day where they would baptize people by proxy who had died, who didn't have a chance to have the gospel. And that's exactly what happens in our temples. So I knew that that, was, that resonated so true with me. And what that did was that was like a key that opened a door to the rest of everything, the Book of Mormon, the rest of the doctrine, especially the plan of salvation, which is also part of our doctrine. It talks about our lives before we were born, how we lived with our Father in heaven, how earth life is just a transition period. Um, and then we're going to transition after we die to back to heaven again. And that there is a continual growing process. And I just thought that that made so much sense to me. And it resonated so strong. And maybe it was the contrast between my life prior to that and not knowing that plan, even though I knew about Jesus Christ. Okay. I didn't know the plan. 
and then having the whole picture. It was almost like my life before the church, I was trying to put my, myself together like with a, a, like a jigsaw puzzle. And I didn't have the box top to know exactly what, what the picture was. So then joining the church, I felt like I got that box top. And I was like, yes, I see it. I see what it's supposed to be. Now, sometimes in life, I feel like, you know what, I, I, lose, I lose sight of that box top. Or I feel like I don't have all the pieces to the puzzle. I'm like, how can I put this together when I don't have it? Because those are the trials that we go to. But nothing can take away my experience of understanding and getting that personal revelation from Heavenly Father that this is the answer that I was looking for because it had the whole picture. And, and like I said, like what, like I, I know that April has been through trial up and down with trials and the same with Yvette. Um, we, we have those trials that just because we know the truth of the gospel and the plan of salvation and the, comp- and the fullness. Okay. Doesn't mean that we don't go through trials. We still do. And I've had many, many, many trials since excuse me, since I joined the church, my husband didn't join with me, which, which broke my heart. Okay. But he supports me hundred percent, which is a, a, a godsend. My, the rest of my family, so many of them have had even rejected me for my decision. I lost friends. I lost contact with uh, family members. I am not included in a lot of things and I'm ostracized um in 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 many ways from certain family members and other family members are fine with me you know but those were hardships that i've had to deal with so even though i've had those hardships none of that can take away the the comfort and the blessings that i've i i continually feel from that knowledge of knowing the fullness of the gospel in this in its restored form so that's kind of me. I love it. I love it. I think the explanation and, and understanding is that, you know, Christ is our center point. And through him, because of him, of everything, all this works. And the, the faith that's involved when you're searching for answers and you get an answer that says, not yet. You're like, uh, okay. There's times where I get my not yet answer and I am the two-year-old. Ah, I want it, want it, want it now. <laughs> there are other times where I get the not yet and I'm like, okay, accept and move, move forward. And do you have to know everything and answers to everything right now to believe? No, you don't. Because mm-hmm. you can't. And I think you can't. And I think sometimes in our ever searching, we will miss what's actually here because it takes faith. All religions take a faith. Think about it logically. You're asking somebody to believe in somebody who they've maybe never heard, maybe never seen, maybe never felt in a way that physically could give us evidential, like here's the picture, look, I, it's right here, right? So we, we have this whole concept of, of action grows the faith versus Evidence, 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 prove it, prove it, prove it. What you, you instead of proving, it's, it's the 
exchange of what happens when you believe and how are the blessings flowing. So it's it's really interesting and agreed. The trials are going to happen for all y'all. <laughs> so yeah. just remember that Christ is here to help you. Go ahead, Yvette. No, I was just going to say I agree with you because that's part of the crisis that we're seeing when when we have a, a question, right? And, and not necessarily a doubt, but we just have a question and we don't have the answer to it. Um, that's when the individual starts to look elsewhere, you know, because they're questioning like, well, I, I prayed about it. I didn't get an answer. So therefore maybe it's not true. Or they start to question their epistemology, you know, of, of the church doctrine or the church belief. And, and this doesn't make sense anymore because then they research it elsewhere. And we know that there are other philosophies of men and there's Google and research and we're, we're believing what the outside sources are and the, and there is facts to some of it. Right. And so therefore then we start to question ourselves like, well, there's some truth over here. So maybe what I thought I believed isn't really true. And so that's where the crisis comes here at, at the fork. Well, I don't think I'm comfortable with the knowledge that I have and I, or I don't know what to do with it. So therefore I'm going to step away because something is just not making sense to me. Um, and, and that's where, and I want to share this story with you because it was a pivotal moment in my life when I personally was doing some research when I had moved to Missouri and learned a lot about the church history. I had, I'd been a member all my life, but never knew certain things about church history, where it started, some stories. And, and so when I moved to Missouri, that's when I learned about the reorganized church that branched off, right? branched off. And I'm like, I didn't know about that, but I was okay that I didn't know. I didn't get offended because I didn't learn that, but I decided to do my own research. So I started going to the public library and looking up books and researching, well, what is this reorganized church and, and what happened? And of course I started to get exposed to some anti-Mormon literature and so I was reading and reading some more and I, and I started to feel um, some question and doubts about the prophet Joseph Smith. Well, when I went the next week to do some more research, I was instantly stopped, physically stopped as I was walking to the library. Then I got this prompting, do not go inside and read those books. And I'm not kidding you. I turned around, went in my car and went home because the Lord knew what was happening inside of me. He knew that what was that what I was feeding myself from that literature was changing my belief, was changing how I felt about the prophet, was changing how I felt about the church and that that wasn't a good thing for me. And so I obeyed that prompting. Doesn't mean that I never researched again. Doesn't mean that I didn't ask questions, but I went to the scriptures instead. I went to the leaders of the church. I went, I listened to general conference during, you know, April and in October when we have it twice a year. I went to those sources and I prayed, you know, 
Well, I lived in Missouri for four years. At the end of our time there, when we came back to California, we were we were able to go and visit Carthage Jail, which is one of the historical sites where Joseph Smith uh, was, you know, killed by a mob. And when I approached those stairs that led up to the room where the prophet was killed, the prompting was just as strong, even more so that this happened, that he was a true prophet of God, that he had restored the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to the earth, that the Book of Mormon that he translated was true. And I have never since then doubted for a second whether what book I read, what information is on the internet, nothing can change my testimony about the prophet and today's prophet as well which is Russell M. Nelson. I believe that our prophets are true. So that is what a lot of people are going through right now. You know, they hear certain doctrinal things that don't align with their beliefs or don't align with their, how they identify, right? We know that we have um, this issue with our families and members that are part of the LGBTQ community and some some of them are not feeling that the church aligns with their identity and so they don't feel like it's an authentic place for them but that's just so far from the truth right because we're taught as members of the church to love everyone um and so they leave and then their allies leave because they don't feel like that's home but but who does that that's satan's work and so this is part of the reason why I'm so convicted in my testimony and why I stay too, because I know the tricks of the adversary. My eyes have been opened, right? Your eyes have been opened. Um, and, and I know his tricks. He confuses. He makes you feel you know, inferior. He makes you feel that you're not a child of God, that you're something else, you know, depressive mm-hmm. and you know, anxious. Um, you know, you, you need to kill yourself or you're less than of a person or, or all of those things, you know, those are his tactics. He, he also confuses us with half truths and half lies. So I know his tactics and his strategies. So when I see them in the world or even in my personal life, cause we all have temptations, right. And we all have challenges. We know that that's him attacking us, trying to stray us away, trying to get us off that path and to believe that this is not the true church of God. You know, what's interesting about that, I want to jump in here. Um, I'm probably going to say his name wrong. Peter Matthew Johnson, or it's Matthew Peter Johnson. (laughs) Uh, He's a member of the 70, which is a leadership position. And he was discussing with a group of people about the two great commandments. What are the two great commandments? Come on, everybody, tell me. What are they? First one. What is it? What is it? Love God. Love God with all your heart. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And he says, you know what's happening today? We have those reversed. Mm-hmm. We're loving our neighbor first. And we're forgetting, and to, love we're forgetting to love God first. Love mm-hmm. God first, you stay in line. And then you can truly love people with the, with the heart of Christ. That goes back to, yeah, it goes back to this understanding of I, I will give away everything 
that I believe in convicted of my, my covenants because I need to help and support and love my neighbor, which is maybe my child, which yeah. is maybe my spouse, which is yeah. maybe, and you could fill in the blank. Yeah. And I love like Christ loves and my sacrifice and my love for everything. I'll give it all up so I can love them as my neighbor. Can I get to love God first? Yes. Go ahead, miss. Yeah. Uh, so many, so many thoughts are running through my head from between the two of you. Um, but the whole let's let's start with what what April just said about love God first and then love your neighbor. I mean, I okay. So I joined the church. My husband and I married, um, and then nine months later is when I started to investigate the church and join the church. And my husband didn't follow with me. Um, but we've been married now for 34 years, and I know so many people who have their marriages have not lasted, and and you know people who are you know both members and their their marriages didn't last and and then people who were like me in in what they call part member families but the reason why our marriages last is because i have put god first and i will always put god first is as my love and if he listens to this he'll be like what do you mean because you know, he doesn't because he doesn't realize that that's what i'm doing because as i put him god first it just opens up my heart to pour out more and more love to him there's a scripture in the Bible, 1 Corinthians, I think it's 7, um, either 11 or 14. I, I never get the, the, the reference right. But it says if you're if you're if you're married, if you are a believer and your spouse is not a believer and he's a good person, then stay with him and your spirit will pour out onto him. And it's exactly what happens because that's what I'm doing. I'm putting God first and my spirit's pouring out onto him. And there have been times when I'm just going to add this when um Years ago, I, I I had made a goal to go to the temple once a month, and um, and and it was it was it was a big a big goal because it's it was an all day trip to do that once a month, and I did that. And uh, one day, my husband had said to me, oh, like this one 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 month, I missed it, and he had said something like, um, you know, I miss when you go to the temple because when you come back, you're always so happy, <laughs> you know. So here is a man who doesn't understand or doesn't believe what I what I believe doesn't doesn't really even believe in God, but he is benefiting from my faith and from my continual faith. So I just wanted to add that. And then there was there was a couple of the things that that Yvette said that really hit me. The whole idea of faith moving forward. Now this is the thing, and I I think this is what happens is like as soon as something happens that might jar our faith, we we feel paralyzed and we we might spiritually or mentally stop but then that is when we fall and if you think of a bicycle a bicycle is only moving when we are pedaling and it only we will only stay upright in a bicycle when we are pedaling and moving forward as soon as we stop pedaling you know we're just going to fall right over and that's what happens with 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 us when when our faith is jarred Okay, and it happened. It happens to me too, where I, I feel myself falling over, and I but I I pick myself up and said, no, I got to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving, and I'm going to keep re researching this. And the same thing happened, uh, Yvette. I had the same the same thing happen with anti Mormon literature one time. Um, it was really upsetting to me. I, I I didn't have what what ended up happening was um um I got a hold of some of it, and it was it really bothered me because yeah. I would. It, well, first of all, I didn't understand. I didn't understand a lot of it because I didn't know all of the ins and outs of the church. Okay, but what I felt when I read it was darkness. 
mm-hmm. you know, just darkness. And I took it to one of our, our like local, you know, local leadership. He was like the gospel doctrine teacher. Okay. Really a professor type guy. And he, I said to him, well, what about this, 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 and this, you know, in the, in whatever it was I read. And he said, this is, this is, and this is what I apply all the time. He goes, well, if that were true, then this wouldn't be right. And then this wouldn't be right. So he was able to logically walk me through it. And that's when I realized that, yes, Satan is using fear and control to drive people away. And that's, and and it's, and he does that, that you know this, because you wrote about it in your book. (laughs) That's what Satan does. He's going to use fear and control to drive you away from everything that's important. That's the big, that's the problem. You know, he's, he, he drives us, um, we, he separates us as a, as a country. He's separating families, you know, he's separating everything. And it's because of fear and control. We want, you know, people don't want to lose control. They think that they have to be in control of themselves and in control of a situation. And they're going to use fear tactics to do that. You know, how, think of how you were brought up. You may have been brought up with, with, um, you know, fear as a child, you know, and it's a generational thing. You know, so that's that's a big thing. So that's yeah, the key, the key thing, Nanette, what you're saying that we have to remember that you point out so well is that Satan is the the he instills doubt, fear, confusion, anything that is negative, anything that is dark, like you said. Right. right. And then the law and then God, what does he give us? He gives us peace. He gives us comfort. He gives us um, that feeling that this is right, right? Well, this is true. Yeah. Those yeah. are the two opposites. Yeah. So just it's know like, and identify which one are yeah. you in. Right. And if your if your mind is 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 like you know uh, a, a river that's raging and it's just you know, it's just just full of such confusion, you can't see. You can't look down into the into the into the river or the lake and see anything. But when when it is peaceful and calm and still, you can see the depth of it. Mm-hmm. And that is that's another analogy. I think. Clarity. Yes, exactly. So I am always I always come back to calm. What is calmness? What is going to bring me calmness? And that's how I deal with the problems that that I face that challenge my faith. Now I'm going to share another a story with you guys because it's it's very very important to me. It has and it has to do with the LGBT um, plus community. Um, the um, a very 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 dear friend of mine who actually I credit for saving my life, who was the one that brought the gospel to me uh, as a missionary. Twenty years later, he came out and told me that um, he had been he he's gay and he is has been all of his life, but he tried to deny it, and he was the you know, he loved the church enough that he went on a mission because he found me, you know, and um, he, you know, he, he brought, like I said, he brought life to me. Um, he got married in the church. He has two sons and he was just very, very, but he was living, he felt like he was living a lie and he has chosen to um, identify, you know, he's chosen to be, to, to follow who he believes he is as gay. Okay. And I, totally support him 100%. I prayed about it. I felt God saying to me, yes, this is who he is. And this is his path. Okay, as far as 
you know, his choices after that, it's, 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 those are, that's between him and the Lord. It's not for me to judge in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that I was feeling that confusion again. And that, oh my gosh, is I, I was, I had anger over the church because policies at the time were so conflicting. It's like, you know, some some of the authority, general authorities were saying one thing and some were sounding more sympathetic and I just didn't understand. And I just came to to on my knees and between me and the Lord, I said, um, I just need to feel peace about this. And he said, don't worry. I I love all of my children. I love, I, I, you know, this this person who you you absolutely adore and he is in my hands. And, and I and I still I I will always I will always feel that there is a reconciliation there. It is there. I don't know what, exactly what it is, but I know that my my dearest friend who saved me, you know, by bringing me the gospel is not going to to be left out of this plan. Um, and it's it's just a matter of time before. Uh, we figure out what what the real plan what the plan will be but i'm not going to abandon the things that i already know are true and that's what something my husband said to me as i was i was angry i was like i was angry with the church over some of these things and my husband who doesn't believe in god says to me why would you throw out everything that has been good and right in your life up to this point just because of one thing you don't really understand yet that's what my husband says. And, you know, you would think there it is. So, yes, it is. It is still very hard for me. That issue is a hard issue for me. But I I look at it as like, if you remember, if you think of like um, a tether, uh, like tether ball, okay? You have the ball and then the big long rope that's attached to the, you know, the spike, you know, that you 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 want to stay tethered to the center and however you go around how many times you go around whatever direction it is still stay tethered to to god and the things that you know are true and the rest will work itself out and that's what has brought me comfort um I just, yeah that's a good analogy um yeah. because when you do have those doubts over here hang on to what you have been given, which has have been prayers answered or a revelation or a spiritual experience in your life or a testimony or whatever that is that got you to believe that has testified to you that is true. Hold yeah. on to that. And when you do have those peaks and valleys in your life, then this will fortify you because you have that foundation. Hold on to that foundation because it's there. It's just we so easily forget it, you know, kind of like Lemon and Lemuel, right? They knew the gospel. Yeah. They had seen an angel. They had seen miracles. I mean, even Nephi who had a broken bow and they didn't know how they were going to eat, right? Yeah. And they said, Nephi was like, trust in the Lord, he will provide. And then, of course, the miracle of the bow um, <laughs> is the end of the story. But Laman and Lamuel saw an angel, but yet they forgot. Yeah. You know, so yeah. sometimes I think we do the same. We yeah. forget about those spiritual experiences. 
we all do and it's you know i just feel like you know just because i've i'm i'm part of a broadcast that's called why i stay <laughs> doesn't mean that i haven't had my ups and downs yeah, yeah. you know um you know and 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 i have to and i have to say is that when i'm in the middle of of, of a down oh man it feels like you're there's no way out there's just it just feels like there's no way out but then that's that's just you got to ride the wave of that and then come back to what like 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 you said what you know what what you can't deny and that's mm -hmm. the thing i have like little things that have happened to me along the way that are just like like um like you what you said when when you just felt that stop you know stop and don't yeah. go to the library thing yeah that prompting yeah that prompting is something that you you absolutely cannot deny you'll never forget no one can ever take that away from you. It probably still feels as strong now as it absolutely. did. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I have that too. It's like when I when I was um, investigating church back in Japan, those were I have I have you know so many of those things. Like I said, they just come right back to me. Like witnessing the baptism that i that that there where i i gained a testimony i went to this baptism i didn't even want to go and the missionaries came to my door and said we're going to the baptism tonight do you want to come with us and i said okay and i'm like why did i say okay here i am just going off we had to take a train it was in a different town in japan somewhere and the whole ceremony was done in japanese okay everything even it was a it was an american missionary performing it but it was all done in japanese because that's where we were in japan and I didn't understand a word that they were saying, but I felt the spirit so strong when that missionary went in the font and he brought the, he, he just reached out and brought the girl, you know, he was, he was getting baptized. She was an adult. And um, I, I just felt the spirit so strong when he was saying the words of the baptism and then witnessing her go down in the water and coming up. And then when and then she they left the font together everybody got up and we're all in japan you're you, everybody they weren't they didn't put the chairs out everybody just went on their knees you know just kneeling down because that's what we do in japan i literally could not get up because i was mm. so overwhelmed with emotion over it and the mission and then um i can't remember if they confirmed her. i think they confirmed her right then um that was back when they confirmed the same day um and the missionary says, they say to me, well, what'd you think? What'd you think? You know, this is, this is my friend who was all excited. He wanted me to, he wanted me to feel something. And all I said to him was, uh, I don't want to talk about it because I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't know what to say. And so we, 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 they took me back home. Not a word was said. And wow. they thought, God, she's gone. We lost her. She, she <laughs> hated it. Little did they know. <laughs> well, then that and then that night, I all everywhere I looked, I could I just saw the vision of that baptism, and I, I opened the fridge and there she was in the font. You know, there's oh, I wow. went to the sink and there were, and then I started to cry to my husband. I said, "Honey, I don't know what's going on." And and, and he said, I, "I I think this is important for you. I think maybe you need to you know." Explore this was a this. witness for you. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah it, it was. It totally was. So I called the missionaries and I said, "We need to talk." <laughs> oh, and that and, was your baptism. Right, right. So, wow. so yeah, yeah. And so we talked about it, and I said to them, I basically said, 
I don't know what I'm feeling, but this is so strong. And they said, mm. you have a testimony of the gospel. Oh, it all came back. And I was like, yes, I guess that's exactly what it was. Wow. So I did. So, so a week later or so, I, 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 I was baptized and I was baptized in Japan. Oh my goodness. A week later in Japan. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. It might have been two weeks, but I think it was two. I was didn't two. even know that about you. That's yeah. incredible. And then, that's really exciting. Yeah, it was. It was just so. And there, I have so many, so many of these moments that I, uh, let me just tell you, I cannot deny and no one can take them away from me. No one can, can, no one, they just can't be replaced. And so those are the times that I think of when, after I go through my, my confusion, when I, when I want to settle my mind and a lot of it has to do with, I've learned a lot you know, it with breathing techniques and really quieting your mind before you pray. And I think that's one of the problems is that we are taught to pray, but we're not taught to always, or we, or we neglect, I don't know, uh, to quiet our mind before we pray, because that's when we can really feel the promptings of what Heavenly Father wants us to, to, to hear and to know and to remember. Okay. And and sometimes it means that, you know, there's going to be a conflict for a while because I've had that too, you know, where I've had years of just praying that my husband would join and my family would join and that I could have, I couldn't, I couldn't bear children either. Um, yeah. I have a stepson who we, who we raised together, but I couldn't have kids of my own. And that was really hard in the church. Yeah. Um, and so you feel neglected and you feel like, you know, why am I doing this? Um but that's when your connection with God has to be there to be tethered to him, you know, and, 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 and you'll get through. Well, what you did with your husband was to love him, right? You loved him despite him not being a member. And I think that's what we have to remember as members of the church is when someone does fall away from the church, doesn't mean that bye, see you later. You you're on the wrong path, you know, no, it's, this is this is their journey and and we just continue to love and accept and support them in the best way that we can you know and hope that they will come back but if we and, and that's what that's what heavenly father would want us to do you yeah. know and by example that love may be enough you know that support may be enough our example may be enough um and um, I think it's the same way with, with any issue, you know, with love, it can be healed. Yeah, yeah I agree that the concept that I've been working with, so nine kids, all different ways, all <laughs> different everything. I have a strong testimony of opposition in all things. Yeah. We have our agency to choose the path and God's got them. Yeah. And so yeah. I let go and let God and he comes in and I've learned it hard ways to learn it. But at this point at 48, I can say I'm, I, I recognize it sooner than I did before. And I, uh, okay, God's got this. I'm going to keep, yeah. I'm gonna, but I'm not worried about this control or, or something or, or get myself in a frenzy. And when I start to frenzy, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I don't think about it and I don't pray and weep over it, but the frenzy it, it goes down. And so this idea of home, okay, this is where I get, <laughs> this is for me. So Heavenly Father, for me, it's just home. 
there's a there, there's a sweet feeling of home where it, it's a love that's abounding. And I was confused as a little kid with Christ, how all this worked, because we prayed to Heavenly Father, we closed the name of Jesus Christ, and I didn't quite understand. I'm like, so how does he come into the part? Does, is he listening on the other end? <laughs> like, I, I couldn't understand it at first. And then I became, got more and more witnesses, and which was very helpful. But I would tell you, when I went to the temple and was learning about the plan of salvation, and the whole idea is that here we are, we're going to test things out and see who can come home. Yeah. And you guys are going to mess up. So I'm going to have a way for you to be able to get home. And he's right here. His name is Jesus Christ. And I thought, oh, he's been with me the whole time. I've been looking over here and I should have just turned my head. He was right there, yoked with me. I'm sure he was kind of like, I don't know how many more times I can tap her. <laughs> Hello, I'm right here. But I, I, it was a huge awakening. And that concept of, I know your kids. I know what's happening. I know your heart too. The good and the ugly. Woo, girl. And I just think, okay, so through Christ, all things are possible. And with the fullness of all the covenants, blessings, and the full restoration, it's all here that welcomes us home. So I have kids that are doing different things and you know, gone astray, whatever you want to say, but the judgment is not there. Mm -hmm. The weeping is there. The anger sometimes gets there, but it's not a condemning judgment. And mm -hmm. there was, there's a place for that where Heavenly Father has said, make sure they know what a home feels like because mm -hmm. they'll come back. So <laughs> when doesn't matter. The when doesn't matter. My, my um, revelation or, or commandment to for me is to love. And it goes back to what I said earlier. If I am in line with God and love God first, my neighbor, my friends, my kids can then feel that sense of home. Mm -hmm. And it's different. And it's better. And I've become more still with so many different things like that. And I have a range. I have a 24 year old down to an eight year old who just was baptized. And through that baptism, almost all came to the church. Shock, surprise. And it was just mm -hmm. nice. And I remember listening to my oldest son. He would sing a lot in, in choirs in, in high school. I don't know if he's sung ever since. And my, sorry, my son, he picked a song to sing at the baptism. And as we're singing this song, I knew that my oldest was going to not be familiar with it at all. There he was humming a harmonizing bass line. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, there's times, and this is that faith, he knows them. If he can create everything around us and beyond and now with these telescopes that are seen beyond the beyond the beyond i'm like i'm in he knows his crap i'm in this i'm not going any other way i just that's a huge conviction because i only feel home and that's that comes through christ that comes from a heavenly father that comes through a plan it comes through meaning and yeah you know and he is so is merciful 
you know, he's so merciful. And like you both have said, you know, that he's a parent, he's our heavenly parent and we're parents, you know, and we uh, parent or help our friends or our children or our family members, your spouse, Nanette, you know, and, and we have to think of it, what would we do with our children? And he's doing the same, you know, he want, we, we need to learn from him, how would he do it? And I know that he would have a plan for every individual, no matter what their issue, no matter what their trials are, he's he's got it. He's got a plan for them individually, and he's not going to abandon them because their trial is worse than mine, or mine, or easier, or much harder. You know, he's got a plan for everybody, and mm -hmm. that's just how we are. Isn't that the type of parent you are? That you you have nine children, April. You're going to love each one of them maybe in a different way, right? According to their individual needs, right? Yeah. But you're going to be merciful to each one of them based on what it is they're doing and if they're listening to you or not. But you're still going to love them unconditionally. And that's how Heavenly Father is with us, you know, in what we're dealing with in this world. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And those yeah. are those are key phrases and understanding of why I stay. I don't have to know the answers. I don't have to have the control. I don't have to know that right now these things are hard. Maybe I have to question everything with it. D doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. And allow the faith to grow. Mm -hmm. It it really there's just so many amazing things with it and. Um, I know a lot of people probably have, are watching right now The Chosen, right? We're in the, the third season, right? And, and kind of an interesting thing. There's an expression, and I just have to say this. There's an expression that that actor captured. And it was a really, like, special moment. Simple. But there was this... I know that. Look. Hmm. It was... There was a place, again, I refer back to home. Yeah. Now, whether the actor did X, Y, or Z, it didn't matter. For me, it was another understanding that mm -hmm. Christ loves all. Mm -hmm. All. And we're all here, guys. He loves every one of you. I, my prayer is that you find him. If anything we've discussed tonight helps you to search or ask questions to think, well, what is that? Please, we would love to share more. We're about out of time, but I just want to say the reason why we stay is not to judge, convert, pull over, because that's control. Those are fear tactics. That's everything that we talked about with, with how Satan tries to do things. Christ is peace. He's comfort. He's love. He has strong boundaries. Don't anyone mess with the boundaries. He's very <laughs> yeah. clear with those. But in the boundary, the welcoming home, what, what is his one calling to all of us? Come, follow me. That's one of the things I've always loved is that, you know, Satan is going to be the one shaking his finger at you. But Jesus is the one who's beckoning. Who says this is this is his gesture okay mm -hmm. and so that's what we need to do rather than do this with yeah. anything or anybody if we can just do this okay and that that just changes everything changes everything our, our perspective on life 
our our ability to forgive and love, especially people who are who don't believe what we believe or think the way we think. Politics, you know, everything. It's mm -hmm. like we have to just want to bring people into the fold rather than condemn. Yeah, I like that, April. I mean, uh, Nanette, how you said that the beckoning versus the, you know, pointing fingers, because yeah. that that is so true, you know, and we need to feel that, you know, mm -hmm. we need to feel that we are welcome, you know, that yeah. we that we have a place there in God's church. And especially as members of the church, we need to lead by example in doing that and not judging others. Um, so I like that. Yeah, agreed. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Nanette. Thank you, Yvette. Thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. And you probably saw popping up. Um, Nanette is a writer of a seven-book series called A Doorway Back to Forever. And for Yvette, the Satan model, you want to give us the um, subtitle to that? Exposing the link between serial killers and Satan. So... This is a heavy one. <laughs> it's a scary book, but it's good. <laughs> and scary. Yeah. Um, and then I have my two books, Pinpoints of Light and then Out of Darkness, how I came out of the darkness that was encompassing me. And so as authors, as writers, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as followers of Christ, we beckon you to come, to follow, to find, to discover, to doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith, and to know that we are here to support and love and to come follow him. All right, ladies, thank you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of this. And thank you, lovely viewers who have been a part of this evening as well. We'll see you all again, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.